0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Tuesday at Tomoka. I'm Pastor Greg Holmgren, and I'm so excited to be here this morning. Um, if you're watching us online today, uh, we want to welcome you to come right into the service and uh, enjoy it with us, and uh, especially to my friends in the Philippines. you. Stayed up a little bit late tonight for our service, and uh, we want to welcome you to the service today. And I understand there's some uh, some storms going on there, so our prayer is that you'll that you'll be safe. Well, the last time I preached for you, um, they asked me to preach, and they told me to preach on tithing, and that was quite a while ago. Uh, and I don't know how good a job I did preaching on tithing. But the last three or four years, I have preached quite a bit in other churches. And uh, I come from a little different background than Church of Christ Christian Church. And so before I started preaching in uh, these churches, I went to Pastor Joe and uh, asked Pastor Joe for advice. What do I do? What don't I do? And... and uh, As you know, our pastor, he was free to give me advice. And one of the first things he said was, be sure and tell a joke. It will bring everybody in into the service with you. So one of the first churches I preached at was in North Carolina. And it was one of those churches with a big high ceiling. You've been there? Big steeple out front about eight foot wide, it seemed like, and pews that went on forever. You ever been in a church like that? So I I was in that church on Sunday morning, and uh, preaching, and taking Pastor Joe's advice, I, um, I got our favorite joke, one that Joe had told I thought was very funny. And uh, so, the, and the joke goes like this, Hi, everybody. I just I drove into North Carolina, and on the way, I picked up a hitchhiker. And the hitchhiker got in my car, and he said, You've got a lot of nerve picking up a hitchhiker. And I said, Yeah. And he said, You know, I could be a serial killer. And I said, Yeah, but what are the odds of two of us in the same car? <laughs> Here's the problem. Nobody laughed. They were sitting in the back six rows. I had to go like this to see everybody. Nobody laughed. Well, come to find out, I had just told a joke in the sanctuary. And that was their sanctuary, and, and you don't tell jokes there. Now, they did invite me back to do their homecoming, so I guess it wasn't um, too bad. My promise to you today is I'm not going to try to tell you a joke. I, I won't do that. Uh, the kind of success Joe has with it seems like kind of just a waste of time, so I won't do that. <laughs> so let's uh, let's dig into God's Word this morning. Um, Cliff has been talking to you, teaching you uh, from the Book of Mark, and um, as you know, the Gospels. Uh, um, Matthew is a tax collector, and when he writes the Gospel, Matthew gives. The view of the Gospels from that of a tax collector. Luke was Dr. Luke, and uh, Dr. Luke gives a slightly different slant to, to the Gospels. And then John, John the Beloved, writes the book of John, um, and you in my Bible study already know this, with a view of convincing the Jews that Jesus, in fact, is God. And then there's Mark. Mark is every preacher's best friend. Mark is clear and concise. He gives us lots of parables and lots of stories. And so most of the time, a preacher can find a moral of the story and preach quite easily from the book of Mark. And so our uh message this morning is from the fourth chapter of the book of Mark. And let's take a look at it this morning. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. He was sitting in a boat, by the way, teaching. And he'd been doing that pretty much all day. Leaving the crowd behind, he, they took him along just as he was. In the boat, there was also other boats with him. A furious squall, a storm, came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. When I first uh, came to Tomoka 15 years ago or so, Joe was preaching five sermons a weekend. Did you know that? Five sermons a weekend at the old church. Always involved in Wednesday night services. And working with Ed Marshall with um, with Tuesday at Tomoka. And uh, I can imagine Joe being in the stern of a boat asleep just as Jesus was. Jesus was constantly teaching at that time. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. Rebuked the waves and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Another reading of that would be peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. It's pretty interesting here that uh, Jesus uh, gets in a boat with the disciples. By the way, the Sea of Galilee, those of you that have been in Israel, you understand the Sea of Galilee can work up a storm in a hurry, can it? can go from calm seas to a, a storm quite quickly. And it starts out this way, a furious squall came and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. My storm came 10 years ago this month. My wife Sue and I were in Evansville, Indiana for the graduation of one of our grandkids. We had a great day with the family. We went to our hotel room about 8.30 that night. And I received a phone call from my son-in-law, and he said, Trish is missing. We can't find her. And so Sue and I, in a hotel room in Evansville, Indiana, wondered where in the world is our daughter, 37-year-old mother of two that had been in a classroom that day. And so at 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock, we keep getting phone calls. We just can't find her. Her car's in the parking lot, but we can't find her. Where is she? Got a hold of the sheriff's department, got a hold of security on campus, couldn't find her. Couldn't find our our daughter, our beautiful 37-year-old daughter. And then midnight comes, and I'm talking to our pastor, Cord, and uh, just trying to figure out what in the world is going on And as You might know from your experiences, our brains were just going crazy. Where is she? What's happened to her? Has somebody kidnapped her? Who knows what? And about one o'clock that morning, I went to the book of Psalms, started reading the book of Psalms. And I began to realize that our daughter was gone. And about 2.30 in the morning, we we got word that our daughter had died. Now, I know many of you, many of you online and many of you in this room can relate to that at some level in your lives, your your storm in your life. And immediately I did, as the disciples did, with Jesus in the back of the boat asleep. Where are you? How can this happen? I'm a good man. I live for you. I try to serve you. On and on and on it went. As we deal with the loss of our daughter. How can this happen? How can from so much excitement and joy turn to a storm in our life that we just couldn't handle? And so we busied ourselves to get back to Florida and get down to Cape Coral to be with our children and with our family The whole time questioning, questioning why, 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 why us? Why this storm in our life? Why the loss of our beautiful daughter? Well, that was 10 years ago this month. On Friday, we're going over to Universal to celebrate our daughter with her husband and our grandkids. And ten years later, I, I understand the results of that storm and how God uses things like that in our lives to make us strong and help us on our journey through life. And so the disciples come to Jesus. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. I have to confess something to you this morning. I do a lot better job praying for you than I do praying for myself. Can anybody relate to that? In ministry, I can go into a hospital room or go to hospice or be working with a family at the time of loss, or be with somebody that is sick. And it's one of the joys of being a pastor to be able to stand at the bedside or put my arms around somebody who is in the midst of a storm and pray for them and pray that God will touch their lives and bring them peace where there seems to be no peace. The problem for me is my faith, in my storm, in my situation. Boy, I really struggle with that. I really struggle with that. I have a hard time saying, God, touch my body. God, heal me. God, take care of me. You see, Jesus says to the disciple, why don't? You have faith. See, that's not an accident that he would say that. Those disciples had seen him bring healing. He had, they had seen him change lives. They had seen him reach out to people that were in need. Those same disciples in that boat that night had seen and experienced what God had done for other people. They knew, they knew, inherently they knew that the man in the boat, seemingly asleep asleep at the back of the boat, they knew who he was because they had seen. And yet Jesus says to them, where is your faith? I think going through the experience with our daughter helped me to understand sometimes our faith, sometimes our prayers are not answered the way that we want them to be. But through that, God will bring strength and will help us and lift us up. So it was a few months later that I went to Pastor Joe. I'm like, Joe, I'm I'm angry. I'm really angry. I don't get it. I just don't understand. Why? Have you ever said this? Why did God do this to me? Yeah. Joe, not long before that, in the midst of a ministry here at Tomoka Christian Church that was growing by leaps and bounds. People were coming in the doors of our church every week and finding help and finding Jesus Christ as their Savior. And here is the leader, Mr. Joe Pudding, who finds out he has cancer. And Joe said to me that day, Listen, Greg, I understand You see, in the midst of the quiet sea came a storm in Joe's life, the same as it had with me. And he said, Greg, sometimes there are things that we just don't understand. But someday you will look back. You will look back and see how God is using this to further your ministry, and to help you. Best advice maybe anybody has ever given me. It didn't help me too much that day. Probably didn't help me too much that week. But let me tell you something. Ten years later, I've been able to relate so many times to people going through a storm in their life. People who needed to know that God would take care of them, that God would see them through the storm, or that God would calm the storm for them. Ten years later, my view of it is this. God has used me. Thank you, Jesus. God has used me to reach into the lives of other people at their time of need. It's one thing to be empathetic and say, I'm sorry. It's another to be sympathetic and say, I've been there. I've done that. There was a mom a couple of years ago, lost a 21-year-old son, committed suicide. And God let me step into that woman's life. Let me put my arms around that lady and to tell her that God loved her. In the midst of her storm, she could know that God loved her and would calm the storm. Wow. Wow. Was it worth it? I don't know. I miss my daughter. Friday is going to be a great day. But can you imagine the emotions that we will go through as a family? But if God can use that storm in your life to reach your grandchild or meet, reach one of your children or to help you when you are sick or you are struggling. Ah, listen, if God can use that to make a difference, let the storm come. But Father, give me the faith and confidence to know that you are there and you are able to calm the storm. So Jesus calms the storm, says to the disciples, where is your faith? You've seen the miracles. You've seen this happen. Where's the faith? Calms the storm. And then the disciples, just like You and I said this, the disciples were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the wave obey him. Let me tell you this morning who he is. First chapter of John, first verse. John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was with God. And the same was in the beginning with God. Who was in that boat that day? God himself in the form of his son was in that boat. Who was there? The God that parted the sea for the Israelites. Parted the sea. The Egyptians on one side, the sea on the other, the storm was there. They're going to perish. And yet, here he is, the God of the universe, says, part. And the sea spread, and the children of Israel went across to the other side and left the storm behind them. Who is this that calmed the storm? He's the one with David, tending his father's sheep. And the lion and the bear come, and they're going to attack his sheep. And David says, and when they came, I slew them, I slew them. And when Goliath came to take out the children of Israel, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine?'" The God of the universe stood against Goliath. The stones went to his forehead and down went Goliath. Who is this God of the universe? He's the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The furnace has said it's hot. It's going to destroy God's children. And God says, hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. I'm going to calm the storm. And when Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace, he said, whoa, we put three people in that furnace. Lo and behold, there are four. He was a fourth man in the furnace. Who is this God that calmed the storm for those disciples that day? He's a God that shut the mouths of the lion. And they come to... Uh, Daniel the next day, and they say, Daniel, are you in there? And Daniel says, the one true God shut the mouth of the lion, and here I am. I am faithful to God, and he has delivered me from the storm. Folks, I don't know what you may be going through today in your life. I don't know what it might be. But let me tell you something. God loves you. God cares about you. And if you... Are in the midst of a storm, and you wonder which way to turn, and you wonder if God is asleep, if Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. Let me tell you something this morning: he 's not asleep. He knows the needs that you have. He cares about you, He loves you. In fact, he loves you so much. John 3:16, right? When did you learn it? Three years old, four? Five, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him, what? Would not perish. What? Would not perish. Would not perish. But have everlasting life. I just want to encourage you today, whether you're online, I don't know what you might be facing but I want to encourage you today, strengthen yourself, trust in Jesus and know and know that He loves you, He cares for you, and he will calm the storm in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. This morning for that wonderful truth, that amazing truth that the God of the universe gave us his son. Not just that we would believe in you, but to take care of us and calm the storm that comes up in our lives. Father, be with us. Be with these people and those online, Father meet the needs that we have in this place today, I pray in Jesus' name.